You're listening to Cam's Talk, a podcast brought to you by the service users and professionals from East London NHS Foundation Trust. A podcast where you can hear us discuss, debate and challenge issues around child and adolescent mental health in the UK. everyone and welcome to another episode of our Cam's Talk podcast. My name is Ashwin Callahan, and I am one of the service user participation leads for Bedfordshire News and Cam's. And I'm joined today by a room full of brilliant people to talk about the topic of transitions. So today we're going to discuss some of the challenges that we found and some of the, our experiences of transitions. And I'm going to talk about things that we found helpful from the perspective of a young person and then from the perspective of professionals as well. And today I am joined by Freya. Would you like to introduce yourself for our listeners? Hi, I'm Freya Reedy and I am a trainee education mental health practitioner and I'm based in Dunstable Cams. Great, thanks Freya. Lorna? Hi, I'm Lorna Varley and I'm an education mental health practitioner uh, and I work with Freya at Dunstall Cams. Great. Molly? Hi, I'm Molly. I'm 17 and I'm a CAM service user. And Chloe? Hi, I'm Chloe. I'm 16 and I'm a service user. Great. Thanks, everyone. Um, and I think I'm going to come to Chloe first because... The whole idea behind this podcast came from Chloe um, and I wanted to check in with her about why she thought this was an important topic for us to discuss on the podcast. I think big changes in people's lives like moving house and moving schools is quite important to address because sometimes they can just be like brushed off as like well everyone's gonna have to move from primary to secondary school or um well like moving house isn't a big deal but people who struggle with change it is a big deal to them yeah definitely um and I can just like reflect back on my own experiences I still remember my first day of secondary school like like it was yesterday I remember the fear of walking into all of those big buildings and be surrounded by all of those new faces um which isn't something that I think about often but to be such a young age reflecting back on that now makes me think actually yes I felt quite comfortable with that change and it was still a huge deal for me um so Molly how have you how have you found experiences like that transitioning in and out of school or have you moved house much I found moving from high school to college quite difficult because obviously it was in the middle of a pandemic and I'd had so much time off and then moving into college with like no friends and I was studying subjects that I'd never studied before and I felt quite overwhelmed and I guess I didn't have anyone to talk about it with. Can anyone else relate to that feeling? I think being a new student um moving in I've moved during term time so in the middle of the school year and I have moved in September like everyone else um and moving um during term time is always really challenging because you're the new girl 
um it's really quite difficult being um the new person in a year group where everyone has friends and kind of everyone has made their little friendship groups and you know people know what they want to like do in their subjects and you coming in and being new and trying to navigate school while everyone else knows what they're doing is really really scary I'm picking up on lots of like social challenges as well as the kind of I was thinking more practical challenges which I really struggle with transitions myself things like moving house and getting organised and moving schools and knowing where all the different rooms are. Uh, But I can hear that there's lots of like social challenges going on there as well. So I was wondering if either of the professionals in the room had any advice for managing the social side of transitions. Um, Yeah, so I can completely sympathise with what Chloe and Molly are saying as well because I remember when I was younger as well I moved like towns and I nearly had to move to a different school as well because I'd moved towns and I was absolutely terrified um and it was that social part of it as well it was kind of that I don't want to leave my friends at this school you kind of get used to I'm someone I'm, I'm very much need like a comfort blanket and I think when you're at school with the people you know the teachers you know the thought of change into that in a completely different setting having to make new friends and almost having to start over again can be really terrifying um but I guess the advice I would give to that is to just kind of go in it with a a positive headspace really in that you know you're going to be well looked after when you're there there's going to be a lot of support around you schools are always going to be supportive there'll be pastoral carers that Will, will help you and support you through that transition um and there will always be people you can go to if if you're struggling um and as well you'll still have your friends from from previous schools as well you know and they're not going to disappear even if you know you're you're changing schools so so that would be kind of my advice I know that there's there is so much more to it than that but I, I, that's really powerful advice. And it makes me think back to when I was younger, I used to get such bad anxiety around exams, as so many other young people always do. Um, but I remember really worrying one night and my dad sitting down with me and being like, think of this as an opportunity to show off how good you are. Like everyone really wants you to do well in these and you've worked really hard. So maybe if you stop thinking about it as like this this uh dictates my entire future and just think of it as an opportunity then I I know that that really helped with my headspace towards exams from that point. Chloe what did you want to add there? I wanted to add to what Freya was saying um uh when I moved schools um in uh year five so I moved during term time um the school made a plan with me so I got given a buddy and that really helped me kind of settle in and find a friendship group um so I think if you can make a plan with uh school um speak to the pastoral officer of the head or the speak to the pastoral officer or the head of year and um finding a teacher you can trust and 
getting them to give you a buddy might help um yeah I think I just wanted to um add to what Chloe had mentioned I think what she said uh, at the beginning of the chat um about how some schools are like well, everyone needs to transition so we need to kind of get on with it um and I think that's a really um interesting sort of view I've worked in some schools that have had an amazing transition um sort of Sort of criteria and unfortunately with COVID that all went <laughs> and got forgotten about because they couldn't you know have this amazing transition period for certain children that might have needed it they had high anxieties maybe additional needs um, and we could really see the difference for those children um, so I think it's just you know it'd be wonderful if children had that support like Chloe's mentioning that pastoral support that um, that confidence to speak to someone and say look you know I need that support and the buddy system is amazing and I think this is where Freya and I have kind of looked at actually what support can we provide for these uh, young people um, especially now hopefully we're sort of coming through the Covid constraints and things like that what can we sort of provide for those young people that need that help. Um, what uh, Lorna was saying I did a little school trip so we went on a minibus. So um, I in the area that I live, it's middle and then upper school. So it goes year five to year eight, um, year nine to year 11. So when I changed from year eight to year nine, we went on a little school trip and um, with people who had really high anxiety or people who had SEN needs. Um, and uh, we got to look around the school and kind of meet the our year team so meet the pastoral officer meet um the head of years um and that really helped calm my nerves so now that we're coming out of covid if that is if that's something that um the school can provide for you maybe ask for that yeah i think that's really good um uh, and you know what would be lovely is if all schools could adopt that and unfortunately i guess with staffing and their own um sort of beliefs and things that might be affected but I think um I think schools are getting better and they're becoming more aware of um young people's needs and making those um at, you know changes I think that's just so lovely going on you know a trip with a smaller group of children as well um because it's such a daunting experience going into secondary school um with you know not even the amount of children, but the size of <laughs> the other children and young people there. Um, and I know when I've spoken with the children that we'll be working with over the next few weeks, a lot of their anxieties are, um, as Ashley said at the beginning, is about the is actually just getting around the building and seeing where everything is um, to those social aspects, to that how am I going to speak to these older children or the, the amount of teachers and you know tutors they have as well is a, a massive sort of anxiety for a lot of, of young people we're finding. Yeah, I'm exactly the same. There's been such a big by talking to the children before, there's such a range of different things that are coming up. So a lot of them are I'm scared of getting lost, I'm scared of getting told off for for not doing my homework or not knowing the teachers and then uh, the other side of that is um, I'm scared of bullying. I'm scared I'm not going to make friends. Um, I think it's almost like that fear of the unknown as well. Because like I said earlier, there's always that comfort, isn't there, of 
you know where you're at with with your previous school and everyone kind of knows you as well you really get to know the teachers especially if it's a smaller school some from going into like the unknown of what the teacher's going to be like what if they don't really maybe understand me as a person or my personality or if I don't fit in um that can be really really scary as well for a lot of children I think and I was wondering if we could come to Molly now to talk a little bit about your experiences around transitions because we've talked about transitioning from different year groups within different year groups and different schools um but I think it'd be really nice for you to share a little bit about your experiences of transition. So I dropped out of college and then transitioning from no education is was very difficult for me not having that regular routine or social interactions and having to build up it myself was very hard I guess because I was struggling mentally as well that was had a lot of an impact so I guess I just had to I sat down and just planned my weeks what I was going to do the next day or what friend I was going to talk to or maybe I would go into town or so and then build that up I recently went to St Albans by myself and then yesterday I went to Brighton by myself so just building that up um, looking into what support you can get so I know in Luton you can go to Toco and Youthscape to have that interaction with more people I volunteered in the charity shop as well because that was more social interaction had I had purpose in my day that's amazing advice Molly um and I know obviously you've had some time to look back and reflect on that now and it's amazing to hear how far you've come from kind of planning who you're going to talk to the next day to now planning trips to Brighton for the next day um and it's almost it sounds a bit to me like uh controlling the controllables because there's so much uncertainty around transitioning that planning out how you're going to spend your time and the things that you're familiar with and where you're going to maybe take some risks and be a bit vulnerable and meet new people and go to new places um so that's some I think that's some really good advice thank you Molly um I was going to add on to what Molly was saying um when I left year 11 I left at the end of May and I was like what am I going to do with my time I've got three months off what am I going to do um but having making a timetable or making um kind of a plan so plan your days ahead so be like what Molly was saying so um having the same routine, like keeping it as much as possible throughout big changes in your life. So um, waking up at the same time every day, going to bed at the same time every day, um, having breakfast, lunch and dinner at the same time, um, keeping that routine for people who find change really difficult um, is really important. Um, When moving house, um, it's scary. but you know keeping the same routines is really important yeah I know Chloe you are right in the middle of both moving house and transitioning schools so this podcast has come at a really timely point for you um and I was wondering if Freya and Lorna had any more 
advice to add because it sounds like what do you think about the idea of more scheduling and more routine and more structure because it sounds like that's something that's really helped the young people yeah I completely agree I think that's definitely a very effective way to kind of keep that normality going it's something that comes up quite a lot with the young people I see as well um that that really helps almost having that schedule of I'm going to wake up at this time and then I'm going to do this and then I'm going to do that. And I think particularly with lockdown, that was made a lot worse because I think where there was nothing to do, it was really hard. Even if you were kind of waking up and, and making a routine, it was still really hard to actually feel like you're doing anything. But I think, yeah, definitely that making sure that you've got a schedule, you know, keeping that normality to almost keep you occupied and keep that comfort going even when you are going through a big change it's really really important I think definitely from what I've seen and what I've heard from young people that's something that really really helps as well um yeah I'd agree with um Freya and Chloe and I think um we're also going to sort of when we work with our young people we're looking at sort of other strategies to support that they can use as support so they most of them have um, a lot of worries um, so it's that whole normality, like uh, Freya said, you know, this is normal to feel this way. Um, and, you know, this is your body um, doing the right thing and protecting in itself. And so kind of look at that sort of practical thing with, with young people, but also allowing, you know, ways to manage those worries that they, so they don't overcome them and become um, a, a negative impact on the way they're sort of coping with that transition um so that's something that we're going to support the young people that we work with and it's 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 really exciting that we can be able to provide these tools and strategies for young people because I think like Chloe and Molly have mentioned they've kind of found these ways themselves and and they've done amazing and what they've achieved um but you know hopefully we can start helping uh, these young people come more, and, and reach out to more children and young people to help them manage that yeah definitely um and I was wondering I'm just thinking about all of the young people who are tr- experiencing so many different transitions and what it might look like how could a, a teacher or a professional or maybe a parent or carer or friend in a young person's life uh, spot the signs that someone might be struggling with the transitions and the challenges that come with it and what advice would you give to them to support the young person? Um, I would say if the young person is quite withdrawn um, so say if they've just moved schools and um, they're not speaking um, to any of the new people and kind of keeping themselves to themselves because that's what I used to do Um, and I really struggled with making friends Um, so I think if the child is withdrawn or um, if they're obviously I can't remember what I was gonna say but on the other half of that like when people are overcompensating and then people get into trouble lots because they just feel out of place and they don't know how to cope. Yeah, I think that's a good point, Molly, actually, because I think a lot of uh, children, young people hide behind um, their uh, sort of actions and behaviour. So that's a definite 
good point. And I think as a parent or a teacher, I think signs of, you know, if the child or young person is tired, because the the problem is that it will impact their sleep because they'll be worrying when they're trying to get to sleep. So, you know, they might as well have been withdrawn or um, displaying other behaviours that be tired and maybe pale and things like that. Yeah, I'd agree with with all of those points. And I think it's it's like important to know is that every kind of child will be completely different in how they display it as well. So like there will be some children who will physically panic about it, um, you know, through panic attacks or or you know, showing it, and then there'll be other children who will kind of mask it quite well. Um, and like Chloe was saying about withdrawing themselves, isolating themselves from other children or at home as well, you know, in their bedroom, they might not want to talk to their parents about it. Um, and then as well, like Molly was saying about that overcompensating, so any kind of change in behaviour, um, in lessons, it could be almost kind of messing around, but they're doing it as almost like a mask for it, they're showing off or, you know, to do things because they don't really want people to know that they're actually really nervous about it. So I think there's there's definitely like a lot of things to look out for, but any sort of changing behaviour to your child or, or friend or whoever is definitely just important to maybe check in and, and see how they're doing. And a lot of the behaviours and things that you just described, Freya, and that Molly mentioned are things that could be misinterpreted or could be put down to uh, poor behaviour and actually it might be a case that the young person is really struggling but they're, the way that they're communicating that makes it difficult for professionals to maybe spot that and then be able to support them with it. Absolutely yeah I agree I think it's I think especially for teachers as well I think because if they're transitioning they're new they don't actually know the children yet it's quite hard for children they can always be tarnished with the same brush of oh you know that one's naughty that one's doing that um and it can be really hard for teachers to spot if they don't actually know the child um that they are actually really struggling um so I think it's it's important for everyone to kind of pull together in these times I think it's important for like parental support children teachers to all come together and help and I guess you just can't assume anything and um in secondary schools having the tutor groups and having regular check-ins and building that trust with an adult with an adult is really good. I found it really difficult to say how I was feeling. So instead of saying I was anxious about going to this lesson, I used to try and purposely get sent home. So I used to like um, pretend to be ill or I used to be like really naughty um, to try and get sent home because I didn't know how to tell people um, how I was feeling and it took my school a really long while to figure out that actually I was really struggling with my anxiety um, because obviously they didn't know me I was new and having the communications between primary and secondary school and having the the same yeah yeah I'd agree with that definitely I think that um, you know it's that it's working around that the child and that young person so all the professionals involved whether it's teachers or even family members to be um you know very proactive and sometimes that isn't the case but I think 
if teachers I think what is important for teachers and school staff is if they can really spend those first few weeks of any of their children that come in new children that are coming in to get to know them whether it's through um you know more relaxed activities rather than doing tests and you know all this assessing maybe just actually get to know that uh, child or young person who do they live at home with who are their friends what do they enjoy and that will build kind of um a baseline of of getting to know them if that makes sense so if there are any changes they've kind of spent that time they've invested in that young person so that would hopefully make that young person feel more comfortable to come and talk about their concerns and not try and hide it I think that's what I would suggest to school staff definitely a good thing that my school did was we had like um little post boxes where you could like post your worries in so it was anonymous and then they read out in like due to time so it was anonymous but you were getting the advice back I love that that's really really good I've not heard of that before but that's a good one to suggest to the schools I think so Freya and Lorna do you want to tell us a little bit about the work that you and your team are doing at the moment with young people in schools to support them around the current transition from primary to secondary school or from different year groups? Yeah, so we're doing um, four different um, sessions. So me and Lorna are running kind of one group and then we've got two other colleagues who are running a different group for a different school. Um, so yeah there's there's four sessions and each session is kind of based around a different kind of topic really um but in our first session we're going to be kind of all of them are going to start with kind of an icebreaker and a game to to make the children feel comfortable um and get to know everyone um so things like two truths and a lie and post-it notes games things like that um, and we've also we're also going to set goals at the very beginning. So their goals are going to be kind of what they want to get out of the group. And then in every session, um, we'll we'll kind of check in to see how they would get along with that goal and do a big review at the end as well um, to see if the group has helped. Um, but kind of in a nutshell, some of the topics we'll be covering is kind of bullying, where to go to get support for that. Um, friendships as well. Um, kind of de dealing with making new friends on the playground. Um, a lot of the activities we're doing is kind of quite anonymous in a way. So kind of I know one of them is going to be a bit similar to the post box thing in that we're going to write things down on a piece of paper and put it in a box, read it out so that, you know, we don't know who's written it, but hopefully we can try and answer some of the questions. Um, but, yeah, we're going to try and make it as kind of, interactive as possible as well so we're going to do um I think that one of the activities like helping hand activities so draw around your hand and write like five different things on it um of advice or affirmations to help yourself um yeah that's in a nutshell this is what I can think of but there's like four different sessions I don't know if you wanted to add anything to that Lorna yeah um it's, it's it is really exciting as I said before and we're fortunate that we've got um, a lovely space here at our um, um, our office at the clinic in Dunstable that we can run the sessions, two of the sessions here. Um, so this is a lovely, safe environment and it'll be, you know, lots of fun. Um, and then we're taking the other two sessions when they've started secondary school, which I'm really, really excited about because I think it will be 
we can kind of follow them on their journey. So they would have hopefully, you know, made friends in our group um, here during the sessions and then we can see them at secondary school and that way we can help them with those practical worries that uh, Freya was talking about so if they are you know getting lost or something like that or who to talk to sort of pastoral support we can actually physically be there on site and help them um so I think that's what's just so lovely about this uh, transition group that we're running that it's kind of at both angles and then hopefully Freya and I will still be visible in the school after that um so we kind of can come check in with them and or they can come and check in with us <laughs> if they want to it's nice as well because we've got quite um a range of of different children I don't know if you'd agree Lorna we've all got we've kind of only met half of the group each so far but yeah all the children are very kind of different bring kind of different things to the group um and different worries as well so I think it'll be really helpful from each other as well to kind of learn about their different worries and how they're helping and even if it's something they they hadn't even thought of before that oh yeah I'm actually a bit nervous about that that can almost be brought by someone else and just talking to each other and getting to know each other and yeah I think as well just that kind of familiarity as well of even if they're not you know best friends by the end of this group that they'll they'll see each other walking around the school and think oh yeah that's 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 so-and-so from the group um like a familiar face sort of thing so yeah hopefully it'll be be really really nice for them I had um we had a little group um at the beginning of year nine and it was like an anxiety workshop group and it was really nice like talking about um how we felt and how transitioning schools had made us feel um it was a little bit later on in the year um but the lady that ran it was absolutely lovely um and it was like like you said Freya it was nice being able to be like uh walking around the school and be like oh they're struggling too like I'm not alone and also another piece of also another piece of advice that I want to give is kind of being prepared to be like going back to school so I don't know maybe go back to school shopping with your friends and try and make it as fun as possible because it is actually a really exciting time as much as you may be anxious you're moving forward in your life um and everyone's anxious you're not alone and I think um trying to remember that uh you're not alone everyone is feeling just as anxious as you are even if they don't show it yeah I really like that and I think definitely agree with what you're saying is a big part of it I think is to remember remind everyone that this and like as, as much as it's you know quite anxiety provoking and nerve-wracking it is actually really exciting as well so I think quite a big part of the group what we're trying to do is is actually make it fun and make it exciting so that hopefully they will really look forward to it as well um as, as coping with those nerves going off what Chloe was saying about it being normal um it is normal and it is normal to feel anxious and nervous However, don't use that to then invalidate yourself because your thoughts and your feelings are valid and nobody else's position like subtracts from yours. I know that because I knew that everyone else was feeling anxious, I thought, um, well, I'm stupid because I can't get out of bed because I'm so anxious. And yeah. 
and what Molly was saying yeah don't invalidate yourself like it's okay to feel anxious and actually if it is getting to the point where you can't get out of bed and you're having panic attacks and you feel constantly anxious ask for help um because the longer you leave it the worse it's probably gonna get yeah I think that's that's really helpful to know actually um in terms of kind of like that normalizing I think it sounds like it could be really helpful to let the young people know and, and help them to understand like a bit what we were saying earlier about how differently people can deal with it as well you like some people can be really really nervous and anxious but really not show it compared to some people like you're saying about struggling to get out of bed whereas some people can still feel the same amount of anxiety but really mask it in a different way so I think that it's really important to kind of normalize that and, and help children to understand that you know you're not alone just because maybe you deal with something in a, in a different way to someone else so yeah thank you that's that's a helpful point I think it would be a really nice way to end the podcast by reflecting back on maybe some of our own experiences um and conversations with young people and sharing one tool or technique or piece of advice that you want to share or that you wish you'd have known a bit sooner when you were dealing with transitions um I'm going to come to you first Chloe um I think depending on the situation so I've actually written down um what I wanted to say so if you're moving house like making a box or like a bag of comfort items so like the things that you need because sometimes moving house things can get lost or um it can be quite difficult to find so um like having a box where you know all your safe items are in so like maybe your favorite blanket or if you have a teddy um like things that you're gonna need um you could also do that with school as well you could have like a little pouch of like I don't know fidget toys if you really struggle with fidgeting and anxiety um like having everything um like things that make you feel safe um and one thing that I wish I'd known is that actually it's okay not to be okay bit cliche um but I really I felt like I was really like not normal um but it's actually all right to feel the way that I do. And I feel like I really invalidated myself, like Molly was saying. Um, I was like, well, everyone's feeling this way. So why, and they're coping with it. So why can't I cope with it? So um, just trying to remember that if you need help, ask for it. Yeah, I think my one bit of advice would be similar to what Chloe was saying. Just don't be kind of ashamed of how you feel. You know, everyone is going to be anxious everyone is going to be nervous and there's absolutely no you know reason to be ashamed or embarrassed about how you feel you know it's completely normal thing to feel whilst transitioning and to just when you're actually in the school you know find the support talk to people if you need make sure you know you've got the support of your friends you've got people that you can talk to as well um and as I was saying earlier in schools you know they'll they'll have kind of pastoral there'll, there'll be people that you can talk to um so definitely that would kind of be my advice another thing I wanted to mention was that if you are school they may have um like little friendship groups so if you are really struggling to find friends and socialize with people 
um, you're not alone. And some schools do friendship groups. So I know that in my school, we would there's a friendship group down in Learning Support. Um, so I think asking school and being like, hey, I'm really struggling to make friends. Please, could you help me? Um, is really important as well. Um, I think my advice would be a more um, practical advice. I think for young people that are struggling with anxiety, there are some really good apps um, that you found out there that can sort of help with breathing exercises and things like that. So if you are at a point where you are feeling overwhelmed by your sort of worries and um, and, and anxiety, um, there are so many good apps that you can use, which, which we recommend to some young people just to help initially control that and calm down a little bit one thing that I found very helpful was writing down like all my thoughts on one half of the page then coming up with statements on the other side to counteract and challenge that so for example if you don't think you're going to make any friends challenge that with I could find people I really connect with and then I found evidence for that so looking back in the past where I've made friends that's a really good tool, Molly, and that's something we sort of teach um, the young people we work with. That sort of cognitive restructuring kind of thing, isn't it? It's your your um, looking at that that anxiety, but actually you're sort of gathering that evidence to what is you know how can I say that is going to happen this time round, and 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 that's that's a really good piece of advice, I think. Yeah, definitely, I'd agree, and that kind of positive affirmations as well, almost changing the way you look at a situation and reciting things to yourself that you know you're, you're thinking in a more positive way can actually really really help so yeah definitely think that's a good idea um I don't really want to say this but because I know when um if someone says this to me um mindfulness and you're probably thinking uh, mindfulness but um there's ways that you can do mindfulness that isn't just sitting there and listening to calm music um you can do mindfulness um my favorite way to do mindfulness is lay on my bed with my headphones in and put my favorite songs on and really focus on the lyrics and really focus on like feeling my heart and like with my breathing um I just wanted to mention that because there is actually ways to do mindfulness that isn't like the stereotypical like meditation etc yeah me and Lorna both do like mindfulness coloring groups at our school um but so yeah that, that's a really good point and I definitely think it helps because I think it's just it's the idea of just getting in a headspace where you're not actually thinking or worrying about anything else because you're it's like you're distracted you're just doing something that can completely take away from whatever it is you're worrying about so I think definitely as a technique I would I'd vouch for that I really agree that that's would help and I know when I get anxious I have like lot of built up like energy so I kind of like channel that into well I like yoga or um dancing just put my headphones on and just dance to music and like not worry about what I look like that sounds like such a fun way of using up all that anxious energy and a lovely place to end the podcast so thank you all for joining me today it's been really interesting hearing about some of your experiences and some of your advice that you'd like to share with young people. Um, hopefully it's been interesting and helpful for everyone listening as well.
So thank you all for joining me today. Is there any last last words that we want to share? Anything we want to leave the listeners with? Um, just be you, which sounds really like cringy, but don't try and change yourself. Um, and actually know that it will turn out okay. And one of my favourite quotes is, um, if if um, everything's not okay, it's not the end. Um, so yeah, so thank you for listening. You've been listening to Cam's Talk, a podcast brought to you by the Luton and Bedford Cam's team and the Luton and Bedford Service User Participation Group. If you'd like to hear more from us, just go over to camstalk.com and subscribe. You can also subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts or any of the other platforms that you're using. Once you've subscribed, you'll get notification on your device every time we release a new episode. If you want to comment or share your views, you can contact us on Twitter using at camstalk or you can send us an email using info at camstalk.com. One last thing before we go. Don't forget to use the hashtag CamsTalkPodcast whenever you comment on social media. We'll speak to you soon.